wonderful day, full of knowledge. Project A Podcast. Marketing automation is a really, really powerful tool uh, when you're scaling your business. Uh, it can lead to a lot of uh, really good increases in your output of marketing without necessarily having to grow your team, hiring people, training people, which is a bit of an issue. Um, but often these systems are designed in ways that are maybe over-engineered or com complicated and they start to become inefficient um, and counterproductive in some sessions. What I'd like to talk to you about, uh, is that better? Yeah. Um, is my experience in data and marketing. Um, I've made a lot of failures in marketing automation and now I have some tips on how you can avoid those yourself. So who am I and why should you be listening to me if you can hear me? Um, I'm Ellis. I work at a company called Blinkist. Um, and when I started out my career, I was actually in marketing in various roles. So I worked across content, SEO, uh, finally landing in performance marketing. Um, and in the UK, I worked in a company called The Hook Group, which is the third unicorn in the UK, I believe, um, and a brand called MyProtein. So we were selling protein shakes to um, yeah, people who wanted to automate gym stuff or whatever. Um, then I switched over into data, um, working in marketing analytics. And then for the last year, I've been in Berlin working at a company called Blinkist as the intelligence analyst in that team. Um, yeah, I'm from the UK, as you can tell from my accent and uh, the smile on my face because of the rain outside. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been on both sides of the automation. So I've been on the building um, and designing and also the using and requesting. So, um, I have a good kind of oversight, a good empathy towards both sides, and I've seen errors happening on both sides, so they are all over the place. So now you know who I am, but I don't really know who you guys are, so I'd like to just gauge uh, what kind of people are in the room. So if you could raise your hand if you're working in a marketing team, nice. And if you could raise your hand if you're working in a data team, perfect. <laughs> That's a good mix. <laughs> I was really worried that it would be like, yeah, fully data people and I would have to be, yeah, overly technical on everything, but it's all good. Um, I have my Twitter handle and my LinkedIn if you want to contact me afterwards if I don't have a chance to answer your question. Um, and cool. So who are Blinkist and why have I even brought it up? Uh, Blinkist are a subscription-based mobile app company. And basically what we do is dilute or distill uh, content down into 15-minute um, summaries of the key insights. Um, a lot of what Blinkist does is around simplicity and uh, not going over the top. Um, so it really ties a lot into automation and how I've learned and developed the skills in automation. At the end of this session, you should know, um, unless I've done a really poor job, what marketing automation is, if you don't already know, uh, what can be achieved with marketing automation and what can't be achieved, uh, how to design a simple and effective solution. Uh, I'll give you a few examples of simple solutions I've personally seen, uh, so all real life examples. Um, and then I'll show you the value that a simple solution will have in your business. So first let's go into what is a marketing automation system or what is the point of an automation system. Um, well, automation in the sense of marketing uh, generally means that you're giving some tasks uh, to a system or to a script or to a software that will do those tasks instead of your marketing team doing those tasks. Um, Generally, the tasks are split between tasks that are best served by humans and tasks that aren't served by humans very well. Um, and it's a good way of increasing the output of your marketing team without hiring, which um, if you try to hire marketing people in Berlin, you know, is a bit of a tricky situation. And it frees up marketers um, for things that are really valuable to your business, like testing, expansion, uh, work on the strategy that they would maybe not be able to do if they're doing a lot of this manual um, work that automation takes care of. 
Uh, it minimizes mistakes, um, or at least the mistakes that come from human error. Um, machines don't really make, unless you program an error into it, it's not going to make a mistake. And errors do get programmed in, I'll talk about that later. Uh, and lastly, it will improve your data usage. Um, if you program a machine to use data, it's going to use it. It's not going to get tired or stop using data after lunch when it needs a coffee or something. So it kind of helps you improve your data-driven decision making. The kind of things that can be automated or should be automated are those tasks that are very repetitive, uh, require a lot of data, and uh, maybe require a lot of data transfer between different systems. Um, some good examples of these are bid and budget changes in uh, performance marketing. So this would involve uh, evaluating certain campaigns and keywords, figuring out which things are profitable, and then making changes to the bids based on that, deciding if you want to pay more or less in an automated way. Ad creation is a good thing to automate. So this would be um, the actual creation of the ads that go into Google or into Facebook. Uh, you do have to give the system some uh, elements to put into the ad, but then the system can take over and choose which elements and in which order uh, are best for the, the goal that you give it. Uh, campaign creation is another big one. Uh, there's not that much value in a human like putting together everything. If you give that to a system, it can put things together in a way that is really uh, usable by the platform that you're going to give it to. And then also audience creation. So this is where you have the data transfer between systems involved. Um, often you want to uh, automatically send an audience of people who have converted over to Facebook so that you're not repeatedly targeting them. Um, or for people who haven't converted, you might want to send the audience to your CRM team so that they can properly nurture them and convert them. And more. <laughs> Um, automation tends to follow the same kind of flow, uh, at least for the decision-making based ones. Uh, so you have an input right at the start, and this is things like the data that you put into the system and also the rules and the logic that you give it. So you do have to kind of do a little bit of work right at the start to, to train the system. Uh, you have the evaluation stage where you, the, the system is deciding if a campaign is profitable or worth uh, increasing the bid for, for example. You have the actual decision being made. And then you have the execution. Um, now, the execution does depend on the kind of system you've created. So sometimes the system will uh, directly take that decision and give it to Facebook to execute um, if it's properly plugged in. But sometimes the system doesn't need to do that, and it'll just format the data in a way that the, the human or the, the marketing team can then pick up and action in a way that's easy for them. And a really good example of um, all of these points uh, in action is the paid content system at Blinkist. So paid content, um, if you're not familiar with it, it's these ads uh, that kind of appear under news articles. They look kind of spammy, um, usually have like a really clickbaity um, title, but they actually work for some reason. Um, and especially for Blinkists, I don't know if it's the audience that matches up correctly, people who read books, read news articles. Um, but a while ago, we um, yeah, launched this as a channel to, to try and drive conversions. Um, but the work in paid content is quite different from other forms of marketing, um, especially performance marketing. There's a lot of work that needs to be done uh, in the content, in optimizing the content to the audience, um, optimizing the funnel to make sure that you're not losing leads halfway down the article, uh, and doing a lot of A-B testing um, to, yeah, to make sure that you're showing the right thing. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the paid content platforms are really, really, uh, I'm trying to find a good word, but I'm just going to say terrible. Um, really unsophisticated, you have to do a lot of the manual work yourself. So bid changes, budget changes, uh, finding websites that don't work for your content and excluding those. 
takes up a lot of time in paid content, um, and this kind of work is not valuable for, uh, or not valuable for the kind of person that needs to really work on the, the content side. So what we did at Blinkist was, yeah, automate all of those decisions. Um, so now the paid content team, they just set an ROI goal for their campaign, and then our system just takes care of the rest. Um, it'll evaluate uh, everything, the, the keywords, uh, the keywords, the campaigns, the publishers, checks if they're profitable, and then decides whether to increase, decrease, or pause. Um, and that, yeah, it, it takes a lot of work away from those guys. They can focus on the uh, big things. Um, or this week specifically, they've all gone to Oktoberfest. They're having a great time, not caring about bid changes. Cool, so how does simplicity fit into marketing automation? Um, so in my experience in automation, a lot of the issues I've seen uh, are when the system isn't uh, properly built. And the worst case scenario is when the system is built in a really complex way that makes it hard to go back and tweak um, to, to take care of the, the new considerations. So what I've learned in this uh, can be distilled down into five points. Um, and I split this into two different sections. So the first section is when you're assessing the problem to decide what kind of uh, solution might work for you. And these would be, one, understanding the problem rather than just taking any old solution. I'll go into these in detail in a second as well. Two, get your processes in order before you start automating your processes. And then on the actual planning side, we have uh, avoid the cool and shiny um, automation tools that are out there and being spammed into your LinkedIn inbox every day. Only build what you actually have to build. Don't go over the top um, spending a lot of time on it. And then start small and iterate. So these are the five points that I, I'll go through now. Firstly, understand the problem and not the solution. Um, so often, and I've been on both sides of this, um, when people propose marketing automation, they come at you with a solution already in mind. So if you're on um, the BI team or the data team, it tends to be that marketing will come to you saying, we need a system that are going to automate the bids and budgets for us. Um, but also when I was on the marketing team, I remember at some point uh, a BI guy came over and he was like, yeah, I've got this really cool machine learning algorithm. It's going to revolutionize the way you build ads. Um, in both of these situations, uh, there wasn't much value in the end because the solution didn't fit the problem that was actually happening in the business. Um, and I recommend this in kind of all areas, not just marketing automation. Look at the solution, uh, the problem to start with, rather than looking at the solution. So this would be uh, in the marketing context. Look at all of the things that you're doing in marketing right now. Um, understand like all of the actions that are being taken by your marketing team. Are they doing a lot of bid changes, budget changes? Um, do they need to? Like, are they not spending enough time on the content creation side? Uh, look at which which actions aren't worth human attention. Are they doing a lot of um, even reporting? Is there a lot of like data transfer between different spreadsheets that is just taking up a lot of time that isn't needed? Is there a reason it takes time? So is the process flawed to start with? Um, maybe automation shouldn't be brought in. You just need to kind of think about that problem. And then also consider all of the options available. So don't um, start with uh, a boxed solution from uh, a different company or from an article. Really think about the problem to start with. Consider all of the options, and then choose the best one for your problem. Uh, and secondly, on the process side. So I think this is the second Bill, Bill Gates quote in this room today. Um, so he's getting a lot of uh, free advertising. Um, but yeah, he can say it way better than I can. Um, if your system is inefficient to start with, if you're just going to 
increase the volume and the speed at which it can make those inefficient decisions, it's not going to work out great for anyone. Um, so first, yes, yeah, so secondly, get your processes in order before you speed up those processes. Um, automation won't solve bad decision making. Um, at some point, you have to tell the automation which decisions to make. So if, you're, if your decision making is poor to start with, it's not going to work out. Is there a logic to your decision making, or are the decisions just being made kind of um, on a whim, um, on the intuition of the marketing team? And a good way to, to really look at this is to plan out all of the decisions that are being made um, so you can really see them all in one place and then evaluate like, if things are good or bad or if you're missing things. Um, and a good example of this is um, about last year, I think, uh, our paid social team came to us. They were having a lot of issues with, um, they were spending a lot of time on changing the, uh, the, the budgets of their marketing campaigns. They were trying like, a approach with a lot of marketing campaigns and they found that this was taking a lot of time. So they wanted us to come up with a system that would um, automate that. So first we understood the problem, but then secondly we asked them to map out all of the current decisions that they were making to see, yeah, like could we just automate exactly what they were doing. So he wrote out this spreadsheet, um, and the first iteration, it, like, it became really clear to him that in some campaigns he was doing the right thing, and some other campaigns he wasn't doing the right thing. But because he could lay it out like this, he could really see what he was doing, and then we could optimize it based on yeah, that really like general's view rather than down in the trenches. Uh, third, avoid cool and shiny. So in marketing automation, there are a lot of these really cool um, tools out there. Um, a lot of people are kind of envisioning that AI will just come along, sit down in your marketing team, take in like, in like infinite rows of data, make infinite decisions every day, and just learn itself, become perfect, and marketing will do nothing. Um, in most cases, it doesn't really work like that in reality, and kind of striving towards that is often a waste of uh, resources. Um, I'd go as far as saying that automation is very rarely worth data science inputs. So if you have like a data science team that do have time spare, then there might be better things for them to be doing than automating marketing. Um, another good uh, way to look at this is that machine learning tools um, tend to be quite black box. So they take in data, output decisions, but you can't really see what's going on in the middle. Um, and this causes a few issues when uh, things go wrong. So an example of this is when I was working um, in the performance marketing team of this protein company, um, we had this really good uh, tool to optimize Google Shopping bids. It was working perfectly for maybe two or three months. Um, we were seeing like volume increases. It was very nice. But then one weekend, it just started acting really weird. It was like increasing the bids of products that weren't previously profitable. Um, and over the weekend, the ROI just kind of plummeted, costs increased. And on Monday morning, we all had like a really tough issue of um, trying to explain this to the um, like the directors in the company. But because it was like a black box tool, we couldn't really explain it. We couldn't say, oh, it was because of high volume or because of uh, high competition over this weekend. Um, we really struggled to do it. And then we just kind of switched the tool off. And it's hard to justify switching that back on. So in the end, it was just a kind of a contract we didn't use, um, which is very annoying. Um, and finally, simple solutions, in most cases, can achieve about 95% of the results um, of a machine learning solution. Um, so simple solutions would be, for example, rule-based systems, um, and they take like they don't they don't take as much of the resource. So you can build this without um, taking away your data science resource, 
maybe uh, taking away your data engineering resource. And it will have roughly the same kind of um, output in the end, especially when you're just kind of starting out with automation. Uh, the fourth point is only build what you really have to do. Um, so a lot of what I've seen is that um, when people start building the solutions, they want to build this like all-encompassing thing that will take uh, everything. There'll be no gaps. They want to yeah build the whole solution, but there's not really really much value in that. Um, there's like a really quick declining return on investment. Um, so there's a few like different tips I have in here. One is that equipping the platform is sometimes better than building the solution yourself. So Facebook is a really good example of this. Um, Facebook like optimize their bids on their marketing campaigns like way better than anyone else could do. They have, um, I mean, like they have way too much data on everyone. They can see everything that's going on on Facebook. They can see all of the competition that's going on. Um, if you try and recreate what they're doing yourself, like you'll never catch up to them, and you're going to spend a lot of resource doing so. Um, in situations like this, sometimes it's better to put your data resource into making sure that Facebook has the best um, data to optimize themselves. So instead of building a, a bidding solution yourself, make sure that you're sending the right events to Facebook so that they can do the, the thing for you. Uh, use tools when you can, especially at the start. Um, this is kind of, a, I guess, a controversial point, but I really think that this is valuable rather than building the whole thing yourself. So tools such as Smartly for Facebook or DoubleClick for Search, uh, these are tools that you can, you can kind of like start with them, test out what works for your marketing, um, see if there's a, a particular metric that's worth optimizing on. And then when the time comes that you uh, kind of want to save money on this or you want to uh, customize it a bit more than what they can handle, you already have a good idea of what works for your business. So you can replicate based already like with that, that bit of knowledge um, in the bank. Uh, and finally, part solutions are sometimes as good as uh, full solutions. Um, an example of this is the Facebook um, budget tool I mentioned earlier. Um, we built the whole uh, decision system, but then when it came to plugging that into Facebook, um, it was a point when our data engineering, engineering team were busy on different projects. So we had the option of uh, taking them away from that project and putting them on this, or just kind of evaluating how much value we'd, we would have in that part solution. And we found out that the um, decision system was outputting a sheet they could be pretty much directly uploaded into Facebook. Um, so we made the option of not doing the full um, solution at that point, but kind of living with the value that we already had, uh, keeping the data engineering on the more important project. And lastly, start small and iterate. So this is a really, um, it's probably the mo most important point on this, um, especially in marketing automation, but also in a lot of data projects, issues will arise that you, like it's, there's no way that you can foresee them right at the start. Um, automation tools require a lot of data, there's a lot of calculations, there's maybe a lot of API connections, and things will change um, or come up that you didn't see as you're building them. Um, as long as your system is small and not um, small and iterable, iteratable, um, with room for changes, you can make sure that you can adapt to all of these things that come up uh, as it goes along. Um, simpler systems are easier to iterate, so if you build the full solution um, in version one, then when it comes to maybe change the data source, change the calculations later on, it might be a bit more tough than if you were building a very simple solution that was just kind of a SQL um, query that was deciding if something was good or bad. And this tip is really good for validating everything else. So if you're doubting what I'm talking about, you can uh, use this tip at least so that you can um, start small, iterate, do a lot of testing to see maybe machine learning does work for you on the first try. Um, but as long as you're starting small, iterating and testing, then 
yeah, you're not going to burn out your resources in trying to figure that out. So to sum up, those are the, my tips for simple solutions. How that might work in practice, so these are all real life examples. Um, Excel sheets are incredibly powerful for automation. Um, so this is something that um, I learned quite quickly when I was working on the marketing side. Um, before I really got into the data, I was doing a lot of automation already. So we had uh, Excel sheets that could take in data, like Excel can really easily take in web queries or um, database connections. So they can take in data, you can put your own calculations on there, you can easily debug what's going on. Um, and it's a really like, easy, simple way of building a solution without going fully into the system already. Uh, this is an example of um, a solution we created. Uh, and the problem this was solving is that we really struggled to get um, German-speaking paid search resource in the UK. Uh, I think still to this day, there's, there's no German-speaking PPC people in there if anyone wants to <laughs> go get a job. Um, but we struggled to optimize our ads, like refresh them and test them every now and again. So what we got to, um, the, the solution we came up with was that we would get our German content person uh, to basically write out a list of elements that might fit into an ad, into an Excel sheet, um, and then we just randomly um, create like a formula that would just randomly put these into places um, in a way that would be uploadable straight to Google Ads. Um, but then the beauty of Excel is that Excel, we could then set up a data connection that would download the data, uh, check the performance of ads with different elements, and then report back to it. And then we could then iterate again and create ads that would be using these like better performing, better click-through rates uh, components. Um, and yeah, we, we, we kind of solved the issue. Um, Maybe a little bit further, actually. We, um, like in some cases, these ads were better performing than ads that were created by native speakers, by uh, like uh, English people in the UK or French people in France. This isn't like an actual example of the sheet, so if you're looking at this, I also can't speak German, so I might have put something weird on there. Uh, secondly, SQL queries and data transformations um, are a good way to get into things without jumping straight into the programming. So the paid content tool I mentioned earlier, we created that in our data transformation tool. But um, like most of the hard parts in that can be replicated just with an SQL query. So this is the, um, an extract of the part that's actually making the decision. So it's just a big case when statement that's looking at like um, if the budget is at a certain level or the ROI is at a certain level um, versus the ROI goal. Um, so there's a lot of power in just like something like this, and it's also really easy to replicate. Um, a lot of performance marketing teams now um, can use Excel, uh, SQL, so it, they, you can kind of work with them a lot in it as well without having like a, a very one-sided programming solution. Uh, Google Ads um, has its own kind of automation suite built in called, um, I think they call it Google Ads Scripts or something where you can put in uh, JavaScript um, and automate in a way that you don't have to mess around with data connections or with scheduling or anything like that. Um, and the great thing about this is that there's already a ton of these scripts out there on the internet. So if you search for um, scripts for Google Ads, this is like one of, just one of the websites with a massive list of these uh, potential scripts. And they're all really powerful. Um, you can use them without knowing JavaScript, you just like, Often these scripts tell you where you need to edit to, to do certain things. Um, my recommendation with these would be to test them first. There's like a testing environment before you put in a script that might like triple your budget every day or something. And lastly, um, Python is also a really powerful uh, tool for simple automation. Um, the beauty of Python is that it can pretty much do everything that you would need it to do in, in automation. 
Uh, you can use it to connect to different systems to download data. You can use it to do a lot of the uh, heavy data work. You can use it to output in a certain way, connect back to an API to, to push your changes. Uh, this is an example of a project I worked on recently where we were scraping Instagram for photos, um, creating posts with them. This, this is actually a travel uh, Instagram. We were downloading photos of Berlin, creating posts with like random uh, travel captions, uh, posting them to Buffer to post to Facebook, downloading performance, and then using that performance to then improve the way that we were creating posts. And the whole thing, um, from all of the connections to all the data work to all of the generation, was done completely in Python um, in a Jupyter notebook. So it didn't even need to be like in a production mode. So yeah, this, this is everything about uh, how Simplicity works. But how does this give you value um, in your solution? The main way is just if you design it with these tips in mind, um, you end up with a solution that like, perfectly fits the problem that you had in the beginning, um, which when you think about it is actually quite rare. Often the solutions kind of part fit or they don't take something into consideration and you don't end up with this perfect solution. It also leads to, um, yeah, it leads to an impactful system. Once you're actually dealing with the problem, then you can start to, to grow your marketing in the right ways, um, which makes it really, like, yeah, it, makes it, it takes off a lot of the bad work from marketing. It makes it easy to scale your business, to grow into new, um, into new countries, to improve without increasing your marketing team. Uh, it allows you to al uh, allocate your resources a bit smarter. So not taking developers off projects that would work uh, really well in, long, in the long run, like uh, making sure the website is perfect for funnel optimization. Um, yeah, it, it, it works really well in the, long t in the long run. And it allows for faster and more iterations. So it allows for um, you to take into consideration things that crop up later on, things like API changes, uh, changes in the platform, uh, things that you couldn't really have planned for right at the start. So my final thought on marketing automation um, and then we have some time for questions. Um, yeah, my final thought would just be, if you are thinking about automation or if you currently have automation, really think about what your marketing teams are doing, which parts of that are not really well served by a human, which parts you could grow better with a machine. Um, and then, yeah, think of the best solution for that. And yeah, start small and iterate. Thank you. <laughs>